commitment, dedication, success. Copland, Keebler, and Wallace, the most trusted name in executive search and consulting, welcomes you to the KKNW podcast, where we delve deep into the not so simple art of hospitality. And now here's your host, award-winning journalist, compelling storyteller, and video strategist, Corey Saban. And welcome to the KKNW podcast. I'm Corey Saban. We hope this show is a resource for you to stay up to date on the latest trends, to garner some new ideas and information to help you grow and enhance your operation. It's a new year. And what does that mean? Well, for many of us, it means setting resolutions to lose weight, maybe eat better or save some more money. But what about getting the most out of yourself personally and professionally and how that correlates to your team? This is vital to your success as we enter a new year. And who better to share her thoughts than Annette Whitley? Annette has over 17 years of luxury hospitality service experience and specializes in building leadership and service teams, product knowledge, skills, and systems. She is actively involved in CMAA, and perhaps you've had the pleasure of hearing her speak either locally or nationally. If you have, you know how dynamic she is. If not, well, then here is a great opportunity. Annette, it's wonderful to speak with you. Welcome. My goodness, what an introduction. Thank you, Corey. It's a pleasure to be here and a pleasure to talk with you also. So, Annette, I don't know about you, but a new year, and I seem to take this self-evaluation and start looking at myself, this hard look, personally and professionally, and I start to set goals. What are the benefits of goals, particularly personal goals first? Well, you know, the calendar's ticked over. We all celebrate New Year's Eve, and all of a sudden it's January 1st. And, you know, it's one of those holidays that I've always struggled with a little bit because it's, it's really it's just another day, right? But it is also a gift, and it's a, a fresh outlook and a, a new beginning to a new year. And I think um, taking that opportunity to set some goals for yourself on a personal level um, is wonderful. And I ask teams this question a lot. I, I always ask, I'm going to ask you, Corey, when's the best time to plant an oak tree? Oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> I do not have a green thumb, so I'll say uh, every day, potentially. <laughs> every day. Well, yes and no. I mean, the best time to plant an oak tree would have maybe been 30 years ago, um, so that you could have this beautiful oak tree, you could... Uh, hang a swing from it or have picnics under it. But the second best time to plant an oak tree is today, this second, this moment right now. Because as we all know, we can't change what happened a second ago, a minute ago, or an hour ago, but we can change what happens moving forward. So for me, the new year is uh, a good time to think about, you know, where am I, where do I want to be, and what do I want to do going forward? So, um, yes, your question, personal goals. Um, what are your goals for your health? What are your goals for your wealth? Um, and then translating that into your professional goals as well. So I like to set personal goals for the year, um, definitely surrounding health and, and mental health. And um, then that can center me as a person. I think it's good for all of us to do that um, to start with. You know, you hit on something key there, mental health. Most people don't think of that. They think, oh, you know, I'm going to lose weight, join the gym, or I want to make a ton of money. Mental health is so vital to your success. It, it really is, and it's a subject close to my heart. And 
uh, you know, running for me is what helps my mental health. It helps my physical health and it helps my mental health. And I think for all of us in the new year, thinking about what are the things that help to make you a better person, right? And so that when you go into work with your team, you have energy for them. You have uh, time. You know, you're calm. You're not stressed out. Um, and then also making sure that you have that nothing is ever in balance, that you, you are focusing on those personal things that make you happy so that you're better for your team when you go in. Um, a lot of my friends and I, um, we set a word for the year. We, we pick a word that's going to be our word that we're, of something we're focusing on, and that tends to be a good foundation for everything else that follows. A word for the year. So what's your word? Well, interestingly enough, I'm going to go backwards. My word last year was acceptance. And uh, acceptance was my word last year because I went through, you know, a lot, losing my husband in 2017 and um, 2018, taking a leap and starting a business, joining um, Topham, Fever and Wallace in 2019. Um, and then in 2020, I was like, okay, my life has changed irrevocably. I need to accept that this is my new reality and settle into it. And then, of course, when the pandemic hit, it turned out that acceptance was a word that <laughs> served me very well. Um, this year, my word is stretch. And it's stretch for one very basic reason that I need to stretch more so that my <laughs> running can get better. <laughs> and running drives everything else that I do. But then also stretch is in stretch uh, beyond what I did last year in different ways. 2020, I think, challenged a lot of us to stretch. Um, and now I want to take that and expand it even more um, in the things that I learned last year into um, what I can do this year and hopefully stretch the amount of work I do more also and uh, my reach as well. So I like you that have a, a word, Corey. You, you know, you I, have a word. <laughs> as you're saying it, I'm thinking, what would my word be? And it's something I definitely need to work on, and that's patience. Um, mm. that's definitely, it's, it's much easier said than done, but patience with getting things, having people meet your expectations. If there is such a thing, uh, patience with my children, patience with my employees, just general patience in general. It's something, uh, I definitely believe in. And you, you know, as you're saying it, I'm like, I should write this down, but then you start thinking about vision boards. Are you a vision board person? Um, Yes and no. I always write my word of the year up on my board, and then I write the other words that I'm working towards um, up on my board as well. Um, I want to, uh, I want to be more patient too. That's actually a word. And then kindness, I think, is so important right now. So I have kindness written on my board. Empathy, focus. I'm someone that struggles to focus um, <laughs> often, so I have those words up on my board as well. And when I uh, worked at the Four Seasons, we had a wonderful um, learning manager, and she's still a good friend and mentor of mine. Her name's Finley Catrone, Dr. Finley Catrone. She's uh, a professor at the University of Las Vegas Hospitality School, and she used to encourage us to write our word on our office door um, and or write our intentions on our mm. office door as well so that other people can help support you in those things. Now, there's a couple of thoughts here that I have. Some people are going to say, and I know many people that may listen to this will say, this is a bunch of fooey, the secret and all of those things. I don't believe in it. Uh, and then you have others that say, well, you know, I'm a little bit intrigued. How do I get started? So what would you share? 
Um, there's some great, there is a book called One Word, right? So that's a good book to definitely read. Um, and I think we used to do an exercise at Congressional every year where we uh, wrote down, you know, what our four principles were, you know, what were, you know, three things that were really important to us. And I think, it, yeah, some people might say it's a bunch of hooey, but the people that say it's a bunch of hooey are likely the ones that need it the most, <laughs> right? It's the uh, people that say they don't have time to go do the time management class that needs the time management class the most. And I think that the best people that I work with, the best people I've worked for, are the ones that do make the time to do this and, and do think about, you know, what am I focusing on this year? What is going to keep me centered in my personal life? Um, and, and then how, how do you then action that um, in, in your life and communicate that to your family, your friends? And, and you know, when we start talking about professional goals, uh, how do we create accountability and achieve those things and get other people to help us achieve those things? And um, really, just by saying it out loud, you're more likely to achieve it. And so if you think it's a bunch of hooey, you're probably the one that needs it the most. Do you try to convert those people, though, or no? I mean, do you try Like, I've had these conversations with people in the past, and I say, oh, you should try it. It's great. And they just look at me like I'm nuts. Do you try? Depends who the person is. <laughs> if, it's, uh, if it's a good friend uh, and I can have banter and jokes, then, yeah, I will. I'll, I'll tease them and give them a hard time, but... Uh, Ultimately, I, gosh, Corey, we're going down a self-awareness rabbit hole here. Yes, we are. Because um, <laughs> the people that uh, really don't like to take the time to be introspective and don't like to take the time to set some goals and some intentions for the year, um, maybe they're the ones that aren't improving. Uh, maybe the ones that they're the ones that aren't learning and growing, and maybe they're the ones that really, you know, are not evolving. And I, I say this. Uh, in my classrooms fairly often um and it does get a reaction depending on the classroom but uh, you know do you have 20 years of experience or do you have one year of experience that you've repeated 20 times and mm. you see some people go because <laughs> my uh, my boss at congressional general manager congressional jeffrey always said it doesn't matter if you have the same title in a year from now your job will change and so i think uh setting some intentions and improvements for you as a person is the, the foundation on which you build to be successful in every other area for work and your professional goals too. You know, I typically will, here's a little secret. I'll take them and I'll write it on a note card and then I'll take that three by five note card and I'll share just a couple of thoughts and goals that I hope to achieve. And then I'll put it in my car um, right where that mirror would be that you'd pull down on the visor. And every morning before I start my car, I pull down that visor. I take a moment to get centered and grounded. I read those words that I wrote. I breathe in and out for like a few seconds. And then, you know, I go. And it just puts it in my head. And then I refresh it. I have a little whiteboard in my office. I have a couple of the words up there so people don't think I'm a lunatic. But as long as I can just see them. And I find it really helpful, you know, and because and staying on track is the hardest part. It's the hardest yeah, part. Yeah, I love that. And do you communicate that with your family as well? How do you set your intentions mm. for the new year with your family? I don't. And, you know, that's just the honest answer. I don't communicate it with my family. And maybe that's an area that uh, is something that myself and others need to improve on. Um, but I do uh, try to execute 
the word that I'm uh, focusing on. So take, for example, patience. Um, I'm not going to say, hey, I'm trying to be more patient. I'll just try to listen more and, you know, try not to get upset if my daughter didn't do her homework or is talking back, etc. And just try to breathe, be patient and not react and try to have a purposeful uh, conversation. It's not always easy, but uh, <laughs> I definitely try. I definitely try. Now, Annette, personal goals often intertwine with professional ones, and I'd love to get your feedback on that in just a second. But, you know, let's hear a couple of words about the team from KKNW. Maximize your return on investment by utilizing the expertise of the Copling, Keebler, and Wallace team. They have an unparalleled over 400 combined years of club and hospitality management experience to invest in your operation. They are not just another search firm. They are your trusted partners and advisors dedicated to ensuring your success. Quality isn't expensive, it's priceless. The three founding alliance firms, Copling, Keebler & Wallace, McMahon Group, and Club Benchmarking are independent entities working together for the common good of the industry, serving clubs in all aspects of strategic planning, operations, finances, human capital, and facilities. The CLA's core values serve as a framework for the proven best practices that create relevant and enduring clubs, informed leadership, strategic stewardship, empowered management and team, compelling member experience. Learn more at www.clubleadershipalliance.com. So Annette, we talked a lot about personal goals and obviously those translate to professional. Everybody says, well, I want to make more money. I want to grow. Uh, I want to get a raise. I want to be the general manager. Where does that start and how important is, is it to create those? Uh, Gosh, I think thinking about professional goals, you have to break it down, right, depending on where you are at in the organization. Um, first of all, your personal professional goals, for example, if you are looking to find a promotion this year or you're looking to improve your member experience scores by a certain amount or the um, amount of uh, committee meetings you have, you want to reduce the amount of committee meetings you have or... Uh, improve your governance model or whatever your personal goals, um, professional personal goals are, or more exposure to CMA or education or learning about wine or learning the P&L better. Um, you can have those goals, but you kind of have to look at how that fits into the larger organization. I think depending on where you are, if you're the general manager, those goals for the organization need to be made in conjunction with your board or your president or your owner. Um, and then it needs to trickle down. Um, the best organizations I've worked with um, are very intentional about setting goals amongst, you know, people goals, um, lots of diversity and inclusion um, goals in the last several years that I've seen, um, goals about turnover, um, goals about number of training hours, um, guest experience scores, um, you know, reducing um, number of glitches, things like that. Um, you know, of course, financial goals. Um, and then in product goals too. I mean, it's the age old PPP, but it's a good framework. And I think those, if you are at the head of your organization, you need to make sure you communicate what those goals are and be transparent about what those goals are. Because if everybody knows where you're going, then everybody else can help you get there and it, it should trickle down through the organization. So, if you are the general manager, 
than your student service director, your golf professionals, your director of economy, you know, everybody is supporting the goals for the whole organization and then they're trickling those goals down to their direct reports as well. So it creates a lot of clarity throughout the organization. You know, you hit on communication, and I spent 15 years in broadcasting, and we were the worst internal communicators at every (laughs) affiliate I worked with. And it just seems that the bosses never shared their message, and the message never got to who needed to know it. And I assume, and from my experience with many GMs, that that happens a great deal. So what can leaders do to better communicate with their teams and be intentional? Well, first of all, for anyone listening, it doesn't matter where I go, whether it's a hotel or resort or independent restaurant or private golf, country club, city club, yacht club, the two things that people tell me they're working on everywhere are consistency and communication. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if it was easy, <laughs> we wouldn't be, you know, we'd be uh, all a lot better. It's, it's hard, right? And it's every single day working on that and um, communication the greatest challenge of communication is the illusion that it has taken place I'm not sure who said that it's not my quote but I use it all the time and uh, I think the worst thing for communication is not to be transparent in the communication Uh, I really love Disney and I'm in Florida today so uh, they are very transparent um, with what their goals are and what their intentions are, and they involve their team in everything that they do. And um, it's an expectation of the team to contribute to the goals and get the best suggestions up to their leadership. And I think you know, if you are not communicating what your financial goals are or your product goals or your people goals, then you're missing out on an opportunity for your team to shine um, Every organization I've worked for at the start of the year, we've shared the budget and then we've done updates to all the staff, like housekeepers see this, executive stewards or stewards, um, you know, the servers, the bartenders, they know what the goal for the property is for the budget. And then throughout the year when we do all team member meetings, we put p and on the screen and we share those numbers. And I know there's some people listening that that's terrifying to them, but we're all adults. And, you know, this is how we've chosen to spend our time away from our families. And if we have goals, then why not include everybody in the organization in supporting those goals? And we'd be surprised at what uh, ideas we get from the team when we do that. Well, you know, as we're talking about this, there's going to be someone in an organization that says, yes, I believe in everything and I want to communicate more, but my general manager doesn't believe in that or he or she doesn't share enough. So what are some challenges and how do they overcome these? And one, uh, that's one thought. And the second thought is, what are the common mistakes that you see? Well, I'm going to go with common mistakes first and foremost. I think new year, right? New intentions. Some of us have uh, some of us have very very grand plans, right? And we set huge goals, and they're not always achievable. Uh, I'm a big hiker. Um, I love uh, hiking. I've done some pretty epic hikes, and one of my most epic hikes was to the base camp of Mount Everest. And I did that with a couple of friends several years ago. And when we were hiking, you're hiking at altitude. Um, the guide 
that we had taught us something called the Sherpa Shuffle. And you don't look at the summit of the mountain that you're trying to get to. You just look a few feet in front of you. So the goal is to take really small steps and conserve your energy. And then an hour later, you're like, wow, we've come a really long way. Whereas if you're always looking too far ahead, it just seems unmanageable. And I've taken the Sherpa Shuffle into um, my professional practice as well. So if you are wanting to make a big change in your organization, it's great to have that big goal, but then break it down so it can be more achievable. What are those small steps that you can take? What are those little things that you can do every single day um, that contribute to that? You know, Um, yeah. As you're saying that, I'm reminded of, uh, I recently wrote an article for Boardroom Magazine uh, on a general manager that I had a great conversation with who was talking about the challenges of COVID. And it was the same type of approach, the Sherpa shuffle, where he would say to the team, hey, let's not look six months out. Let's deal with what we have in front of us. Let's look two weeks out and then achieve small little goals. Look, you're in Florida wearing a mask all day is no fun, but we're going to get through this together. And he would chunk off these little goals every two weeks to help them get to the big picture. And again, communicate and share the award and reward. So that's really good advice, you know, and I think a lot of people can put that into perspective and use it. The Sherpa shuffle, I'm going to be coining that and I will give you credit. I will definitely give you credit. And it's almost like uh, you also talked about accountability earlier on. And I think that's where a lot of people lose their goals is they all of a sudden, much like a diet, they slip one weekend because it's this event. And then the next thing you know, they're eating junk food all week. So when you lose accountability professionally with your goals, uh, it doesn't matter, I would assume, when you get back on track. No. And I think I mentioned earlier, like write your goal down write it on your board, share it with your friends, share it with your family, get, get an accountability buddy, um, somebody that's going to check in with you and hold you accountable. And you can be the accountability buddy for someone else as well. Um, I, I'm really, this is a self-awareness thing on my part. I like to leave things to the last minute because I need that little extra pressure um, before I get something done. And so I'll set myself deadlines and then I'll communicate them with people so that I have to achieve them. Uh, especially, you know, being a contractor now and, uh, you know, we're all out, the team at Cochrane Peter and Wallace, we're all out on the road and, you know, we have to be highly accountable to ourselves and to each other. So I set myself deadlines. Uh, but, you know, without accountability, then there's nothing and uh, we need that in all of our areas and it's tough accountability is is hard and people get scared when they hear that word absolutely it's a scary word uh because you're being held to the fire but let me ask you you travel the country and travel the world frankly but you travel the country and visit many clubs and you know you talk about personal and professional goals and of course those matter in a healthy team and how can a leader support those and what tips have you picked up maybe from your own experience or from other gms or leaders that you've run into um that you can share with the audience about what they can do to really support their own teams well first of all people want accountability you have children mm-hmm. if you just let them run run wild or you didn't give them feedback or you didn't sit down and talk with them after they came back with a good test or a bad test how would your kids feel about that if you weren't holding them accountable to do the things they need to do yeah it would be uh it would be a free-for-all 
Yeah, and our teams are the same way, right? They want accountability, and I think one of the common pitfalls that I see is people just don't want to have those difficult conversations. Um, so if someone's not meeting their goals, um, having that tough conversation is hard, but it's also necessary. And if you have goals for your organization, then holding everyone accountable to them is what you know helps drive you forward. And even if you're telling someone something that's bad, if you're doing it with kindness and clarity and you have clear goals set out for the team, then um, it makes that conversation easier. Um, with regards to uh, supporting your team in personal and professional goals, it's not um, super glamorous or sexy, but I used to take a big uh, scratch pad at the start of every year and I'd sit down with my team and I'd have one flip chart where I would make everyone give me their professional goal for the year and then I'd have another one and have everyone give me their personal goal for the year and for the first few months of the year I would post those two pieces of paper on my office door and then midway through the year I'd bring it out and ask everyone where they were at and then towards the end of the year we'd bring it out again but then we all knew what those goals were and Corey it was kind of cool because you'd see people go oh my gosh I've done that I can help you with that or I'm working on that too like get together once a week and talk about how we're doing with that um and just having that without within your whole team it's fantastic i'm sure it's the positive reinforcement increase the productivity yeah yeah so we talked about personal we talked about professional let's talk about team building in just a second because we all know there's no i in team but team is a tricky word not everyone plays within one we'll be right back with that Copland, Keebler, and Wallace is proud to partner with Videobolt.com. Tom Wallace says we love how they take our written job postings and turn them into dynamic videos that tell a story and get incredible engagement. The quality is great, the process is easy, and the price is exceptional. We highly recommend them to enhance your club communications. To learn more, visit Videobolt.com clubs or call 855-235-0040. As clubs, communities, and businesses begin to manage post-COVID, now is the perfect opportunity to refresh your service team's training, standards, and hospitality skills. Whether you have a seasoned team or brand new interns, Copling, Keebler, and Wallace's hospitality and food and beverage programs are designed to get everyone operating at peak performance. So now let's talk about team building. And when I think of teams, I think of great organizations. I think of the Ritz-Carlton. I think of Disney. And is there something they're doing different that just is unique? Or how can clubs adapt that, uh, adopt that mentality? Uh, well, you said before the break, there's no I in team. Um, Michelle Rickland and I do a program called the Five Pillars of Hospitality. And one of the modules within one of the pillars is teamwork. And we talk about the I in team and how it really is a group of individuals coming together and you need to recognize what those individuals bring to the team and focus on the positives that each one of those individuals brings to the team to make the team strong. Um, so I like that um, philosophy because instead of looking for what's wrong, we're looking for what everybody does right and then using that. So, you know, like a sports team, you know, aces in places. But with regards to the larger organizations, uh, Corey, this is something that comes up a lot for me. 
Um, I still uh, do work with Four Seasons Hotels and Resorts, and they have, you know, there's a corporate structure, right? It's um, many hotels and resorts across the globe. They have um, corporate offices. They have their corporate standards, and then they have their systems that support those standards. Yet, they are able to deliver genuine hospitality and what I hear often in clubs is we we don't want that corporate feel mm. we're, we're not corporate we don't need that structure but what I challenge is that when you have a good system and when you have a good process it allows the rest of the team to then have the structure and the clarity to deliver the hospitality if everybody is doing things their own way and there isn't a standard and there isn't a system to support the standard, it is much harder to be successful. Um, a great system will provide the clarity and the um, training and the structure within a not-so-great employee to flourish, but you could take the best server from an independent restaurant and throw them into a private club that doesn't have any standards or systems and, and they really won't do well. Um, so having those things in place is really key. You mentioned Disney. Um, you, you've been to Disney a bunch, I'm sure, Corey, living down here. Yes, we were a regular for quite a while when my uh, <laughs> older one was little. And uh, I will tell you as a parent, if you've never been, uh, yeah, they don't sell alcohol there. So just so you know. <laughs> not, not in the Magic Kingdom. You can get alcohol in the other parts. Yes, Epcot, you can drink your way around the world. Disney, not so yeah. much. But yes, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I was super impressed with Disney and these magic moments. And you always see it and you hear it. But uh, yeah, their training, as everybody knows, it's just exceptional. It really is. It, re- it is. And uh, they their culture is exceptional. And I've, uh, I was recommended this book by um, a leader from a club I was chatting with recently, and it's called Creating Magic by Lee Cockrell. And uh, it's just 10 leadership strategies from a Disney leader. He was the vice president of operations with Disney for a while. Um, but they talk about these take five moments that they have within their company. And it is a requirement that, the employees that are working on the floor in the park look for opportunities to take five. And it's basically five minutes of unscripted care where it could be walking up to a little girl dressed as Cinderella and asking her for her autograph or taking the kids and dancing in the street ahead of the parade with them um, or bursting into song on the uh, bus that takes you from the parking lot into the park. Um, it's just little moments that create magic within the experience at Disney. And they seem so natural and so engaging. And they're often the thing that is the standout memory in someone's trip to Disney. But it's not um, it, it's not unintentional. It's intentional. And if you work at Disney, you are required to deliver experiences like that. And if you're an employee that works there and you don't have any examples of take five moments from your day at work, then 
that's going to be a conversation that's had with you. Like, okay, how can we help you? How can we train you? How can we give you some framework within to find these? Because it is a requirement of your job to deliver this level of hospitality. But that it's culture, but there's a system and a standard to support that culture too. So I think we need to not be so scared by systems and standards because that's the framework that allows us to really deliver great hospitality. I love that analogy. Uh, and I was just curious of how that plays within the system. I can imagine someone saying at the club, uh, can I talk to uh, the person who handles the finances and why are my dues so high? And they break out into an operetta. So that would be uh, quite intriguing. But I, I think uh, from you tell me. If I, anyone I think, does that, I want to hear it. Yes, that's a, that's a whole podcast topic. Um a lot of the leaders I see are either, it's interesting, you see how COVID and how they've handled it, they set these goals, they set these expectations, but then they're thrown a curveball, and some of them really pivot and adapt, but others just fall apart, and the system seems to go away. Have you seen that, or is that just me, what I'm seeing, paying hyper attention to it? You know, yeah, if you have a good system a curveball is going to allow you to modify within that system. If you don't have a good system, you're just being reactionary. Uh, if you have a good system in place for your operation, when you get that curveball, you're going to be able to process it and act upon it. And, and I think your world, Corey, is so uh, interesting with regards to this as well because you probably are the one that gets the phone calls when there's been a big curveball. Um, and from your perspective, thinking about big curveballs that you might have to handle as far as media and the services you provide, uh, what's the difference between a club that has those things in place and a club that's calling you for the first time in a panic? You know, what's your perspective on oh, that? Oh, my goodness. It's really amazing, and I'm always fascinated by the leadership skills. So we do video production for clubs, but we also help them with crisis management and things along those lines. And as it relates to crisis you really can see the leaders when you give them advice about how to handle the media in a crisis and what's going to happen next when the stuff has already hit the fan. And then you see some people that are just nimble and say, yes, we're going to go for it. We'll take the statement. We'll run it by the lawyer. And then, you know, within a half hour, that statement's released to the press. And then others that are like, well, I've got to talk to the board and I've got to talk to this one and that one. And then what happens is too much time passes, and especially in a crisis. So it's a great question. And when too much time passes, then what happens? Well, people start to speculate because you haven't responded within a day or two days. And then the media runs off on their own tangent and start interviewing people and people speculate and they gossip. So I really see it. And I always tell them, I'm like, you need to be resilient. It's it's you got to take the John Wooden mentality. Hustle while you wait. You've got to get out there and press on, like Chuck Yeager would say. And it's just keep going, keep going, keep going. Um, but you're right. You see it a lot. And I'm always fascinated by the leadership and lack thereof. And, you know, and it's, it really makes a horrible impression, especially for someone like myself on the outside and someone who has a great deal of contact with many of these GMs across the country. Yeah, um, one of my favorite sayings, and I can't remember who said it to me first years and years and years ago in my career, but prepare for war and you will have peace. <laughs> and I think as we're setting our New Year goals and our New Year intentions, uh, if we have that solid foundation of, you know, who am I as a person, what am I working on for myself? 
what do I want to achieve with my team? Um, what do I want to go professionally? Then when you get thrown a curveball, like a pandemic or like a crisis that someone might call you about, then you're able to, like you said, be resilient, right? You're able to pivot, adapt, adjust, and it becomes an inconvenience rather than an outright crisis. And when you sometimes get those curveballs, that's when the opportunity to shine really, really comes out. And I think we've seen that in the last year, right? We've seen the people that have been able to step up and absolutely turn the situation into a positive for them and their teams and they've been able to grow. And then we see the people that are sitting there going, oh my gosh, that was just like awful and like, you know, complaining and negativity. And, and those people are probably the same people that say they don't need a word for the year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't need <laughs> You're exactly right. And you see a lot of these posts, particularly over the last few months on LinkedIn from different GMs and their creativity from their teams and how they've handled yeah. uh, food service and how they've created events. Even like I was talking to a GM yesterday for Cinco de Mayo. Listen, people came and they picked up their food, but they had a band outside playing music, yeah. socially distanced to keep the members feeling like they were at an event and they were still celebrating and enjoying a theme. We've yeah. seen a great deal of that creativity that I like. I also like when clubs and their teams think for the member, and that reminds me of that Disney example you just gave or a Ritz-Carlton type scenario. How do yes. you train people to do that? We always hear it, but you know, from going to different clubs, you don't always see it. Oh, the extra, uh, the unscripted care and the um, random act of kindness, that like extra 10%. Uh, you have to talk about it. Some people are just going to get it. Some people are absolutely, that's just who they are. And my goodness, we know who those people are and we love them on our team. They're fantastic. And other people, it's just not naturally who they are or what they think about. And you asked me a, a question earlier that I didn't answer with regards to what if your boss doesn't support your goals? Um, what if your team doesn't support your goals? Kind of same answer to that same question um there are, you need to make it a conversation so every single day i want to know what somebody saw someone else on the team do yesterday that you thought was unscripted and genuine so they're looking out for each other or what did you do Corey, yesterday that was unscripted or genuine i just flew down here this morning from dc and the gentleman on the aisle seat asked me what color my bag was so he could bring it down off the overhead bin no one's ever done that for me before. Really? No one's ever lifted my bag down. From the, I've had people help me put it up. Um, and I actually knocked my face into the bag this morning. And <laughs> 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 but no, no one's ever asked me what color is your bag so I can bring it down. You know, that to me is an unscripted moment. That was like a pay it forward moment for my day. And so how do you talk about those things with your team? Right, I'll probably share that story with the teams I'm going to be with this week. And how do you look for those moments every day? And if you are going to work here, it's a requirement that you look for those moments because that's our culture and that's what we believe. And if you're not able to do those things, maybe your strengths lie somewhere else and there's another place in the organization for you or not. You know, you're so right. Those little moments, like for example, uh, you show up at a, 
at a club and I've had this where your name is there on the little suite where you're staying at uh, outside or the little extra touch. Hello, Mr. Saban. You're like, wow, how did they know? It's that little touch that that means the world to you and someone addressing you by your name. You know, someone who does a great job of that is Dick Copland. You know, Dick Mm, sends the personalized letters and and he sends you a letter and you get that letter and it creates that feeling that, wow, I haven't seen one of these in a while. I haven't seen someone take the time to sit down and write me a letter on nice stationery just to say thank you, hello, or whatever it may be. And you feel special going to the mailbox and seeing something beside a bill or a flyer uh, trying to solicit something. And it's something that's a lost art that he creates those moments with. And I give him a tremendous amount of credit for it. And, and I love when I get one. So I well, maybe that's I'm listening. another one of your goals <laughs> for the year, Corey, to write more personalized letters. <laughs> and, and you know what? It's something that I learned from Dick, frankly. And when I when I received one, I thought, wow, this made me feel special. What can I do? And that's something that I do now. I send letters, just a, a little thank you, or I was thinking of you, or what should you know, that type of thing. And just reach out and send a letter because it's such a, a beautiful thing to get. And, you know, and sometimes you get people that save them and reference it. So I think there's yeah. tremendous value there. And oh, you, it's a lost art. It really is. It really is. So as it relates to team building, a couple of last thoughts. So people want to improve their communication. They want to connect and maybe some teams are remote and, of course, improve productivity. So with the systems you believe and with motivation and communication, you can do all that. You can. It, it starts with, first of all, having the right people on the team. Um, making sure that everybody on the team knows what your goals are, right? Clarity. You have to know where you're going so that you know how to get there. Uh, and that communication of clarity throughout the team is so important. And then every decision you make needs to reinforce that um, throughout the year. You need to reference back to what those goals are. Um, and when you have a system that supports that, you know, Specifically, what I deal with a lot is food and beverage. There isn't a clear sequence of service. And because there isn't a clear sequence of service with what time do we do this, how long do we have to achieve this step, and who's responsible for it, then that's when the consistency um, falls by the wayside. And a lot of what I spend time doing with teams is you know, starting with those foundational things. right? And then when you have a team that knows their sequence of service and who's responsible for each step and who's being accountable and how we know when we're winning or losing as far as timing and responsibility, then the teamwork becomes a byproduct of that um, because the culture becomes, you know, and then like I was saying about the little magic moments, if that's the standard within your organization, that's the culture of your organization and you're talking about it every day, then the rest just flourishes from there and then the people that don't want to work within those um, that framework or aren't successful are much easier to spot. It's much easier to have a conversation with them and or they self-select out because it's a strong culture and a strong team. And gosh, we've talked about a lot, but I think, you know, the new year gives you a chance to reflect on all of that and say, you know, what's, what's something I'm going to work on this year and whether you've worked on it in the past um, or not, the new year gives you a chance to stand in front of your team with humility and say, you know, we haven't worked on this 
well as a team before and this is something we want to work on this year so I'm putting it out there and whatever we do now is going to support that. Well, Annette, I have one word, and that's spectacular. And that's what you were today, and that's what you are in the clubs that get the benefit of hearing from you and learning about your insights and your sharing about how they can enhance their collaboration, creativity, communication, and their consistency. So thank you for taking the time and sharing all that with me. And thank you, Corey. Um, I I love role-playing through disaster situations with you um, (laughs) and finding out that I should never be put in front of a camera um, with uh, media (laughs) in my life because I'd say the wrong thing. But also your videos and the way that you're able to help clubs with their communication um, on all things that they're doing as well are are also spectacular. So it's, it's always a pleasure and it's always fun. Annette Whitley, one of the valuable team members at Copland, Keebler, and Wallace. To learn more about Copland, Keebler, and Wallace and how their team can help your organization, please visit www.coplandandkeebler.com. Until next time, I'm Corey Sabin from VideoBolt.com. Have a wonderful day.